On May 25, 2020, George Floyd, a 46-year-old black man in Minneapolis, Minnesota, U.S., was arrested for allegedly using a counterfeit $20 bill. The police officer who stopped him was a white man who kneeled on Floyd's neck. Floyd cried out repeatedly that he could not breathe, and for nine minutes, the cop held him there. As a result, Floyd died. This came just days after 26-year-old Breonna Taylor, a black woman and EMT, was killed in her home by police executing a search warrant for a crime she was not involved in. And Ahmaud Arbery, 25 years old, was murdered by two white men who followed him in their pickup truck and shot him while he was jogging in his own neighborhood. These events have sparked a global outcry like nothing we've seen before. Police brutality and systematic oppression based on race is nothing new, and there are many ways in which we can and should help those affected most, that being Black, Indigenous, and other people of color. Visit blacklivesmatter.card, that's C-A-R-R-D dot C-O, for more information, resources, places to donate, and petitions to sign. We also encourage you to actively engage in change by voting and by petitioning your local, regional, and federal elected officials to repeal racist policies, invest in more community support, and divest from their police force. Hi, I'm Gio. And I'm Renee. And this is Listen to Me Podcast, where you get all the greatest in unqualified advice from qualified creatives. Basically, we go through it, so you have time to send me a ton of beautiful birthday notes, because today is my birthday. Oh my god, that's right, because we're recording this from the past, (laughs) but it's in the future. So it's simultaneously Mother's Day, but also Gio's birthday, which is June 17th. And uh, just so you know, I am your mother. They call me mother. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, girl. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I I just finished giving birth, if you will, to my new website. Don't say you. (laughs) I thought you were going to make a joke about like shitting. (laughs) No, probably not. (laughs) Listen, I know what my lane is and I stay in it, okay? I'm not crossing over into your lane. Or anybody else's. So your website has been birthed? Yeah, I had many labor pains, but I've finally given birth to something resembling a website. Are you bringing this up to be like, hey, no, check it out later? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by, that, by this point, it'll probably already be something that I've posted about on my social media. So no, but I'm just, thank God it's over. It is a lot of work. Like that upfront... Oh commitment to putting it together yeah. and getting it to a point where you're like okay I can actually like publicize this and feel comfortable it it is a lot for sure and I think it depends on what CMS you're using so I'm using WordPress which is like I don't find it that accessible but it's also partly because I haven't put as much time necessary as is needed to understand <laughs> how it works oh yeah. yeah and like WordPress is like the one to go to but it's if you know code then oh, it's, yeah. it's literally like a whole new world. You know what I mean? Like it's, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> He's been doing his vocal warm-ups uh, because I was late to our recording session because I was shaking the into my face. She's not even kidding. I've literally been sitting here recording my own voice <laughs> just like to hear myself. <laughs> and I'm like testing it where I'm like, hello, hello, hello. All right. So today we are here it's the day. with our first interview. I'm very excited. 
I am very excited for our interview too. It's our first one. And I think uh, Samantha Walker. Yeah. So she is the president of the Art Lab here in Windsor, Ontario, which is a creative studio that she started a couple of years ago. And I mean, yeah. So she's the president and she founded it, correct? 100%. Her, her story is like really good because it's so in line with the way that we wanted this podcast to go as far as like the direction. Yeah. And she's been a huge influence on you as well because you guys mm-hmm. went to school together well we all went to school we together. all did <laughs> yeah but you guys were more tight than i was if i think back to when we were younger and all of the the people that we hung out with whether it was like in our group or separately everybody was in some form or another like a creative oh yeah 100 percent, and also a little bit gay <laughs> like in in degrees in degrees yeah, the the queer umbrella was definitely a. Uh, yeah. Oh, held over top of us. <laughs> Queers of a feather flock together, I think. We did. I still have stuff from when we were kids that I excavate from time to time, like comics that we wrote and drew oh and <laughs> stories that we wrote each other. Do you remember we used to do the foldover stories? So yeah, it's yeah. Really fun to, to check in with people from that time in our lives and see how they've manifested their creativity to an actual career. Yeah. Or a real business pursuit, I guess. This is exactly what I love talking about. It's how do you how do you take something that you always had within you and actually make it into your livelihood? So that it's not something where, you know, it's oh, it's a side gig or it's something that you eventually you take it and you're like, okay, let's get this going. Let's make this my life. I, I need to do this because I can't work for Karen for the rest of my life. Stop talking to me about my life, Gio. That's rude. <laughs> That's not even how I meant it. <laughs> it's the That's goal a- one day. Karen is like the word now oh, everyone's I know. using it. So now it's um, infiltrated my mind. Yes. All right. So we are here with Samantha Walker of the Art Lab. Hi, Samantha. Hi, guys. Hi. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. This is a throwback right now. It is very <laughs> weird. Uh, you know what's really awesome is that this isn't taking place on the back of a school bus. <laughs> Our usual meetup spot? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the reason that we wanted to have you here is because the whole concept behind Listen to Me was originally about connecting with the creative community and with other individuals who are really like following their passions and are trying to bring that into the forefront of their lives. And you are a prime example of somebody who has done that. Definitely. Well, first, when I heard you were doing a podcast, I just wanted to be part of it because... <laughs> Between the two of you, I feel like this is really going to be something awesome. And then you told me what it was about. And I was like, okay, well, we need to talk. So thanks so much for having me. It was a no brainer. Like there was no question. I was like, I have to, I I have to, based on all the conversations that we've had about our trajectories as creatives anyway, like to me, it was just, it made the most sense to have you, especially as the first guest. Yeah. Well, what you just described was essentially how I feel. So, Do you guys want to talk a little bit about how you know each other or how we all three of us know each other? And then Sam, maybe you can talk a little bit about how you got started on your creative life path, if we can call it that. Yeah. That, yes, we can. <laughs> yeah. I just remember we became friends on the short school bus yeah. that was for the county kids and yeah. we weren't even in the same grade. You two were already attached at the hip. I remember that. <laughs> from birth but from birth where did it begin i don't know the we bus, just started talking but... on the bus and yeah. it was i was like you were always making jokes and being funny and to me like 
a woman with a sense of humor I'm like obsessed with. So hence the two of you being two of my closest friends. <laughs> and you just would, have a really good sense of humor, I think. Yeah. Obviously well, I if he like, thinks we're funny. <laughs> or it's just twisted like ours. But. Yeah. And I was always, I remember always like turning around and like laughing and like looking at her being like, oh my God, like that girl's so funny. That girl's so funny. And then you, we ended up having a lot of things in common. We both liked Bob Marley at the time. We were both into art. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so that's, and then, you know, the rest is history. And we both moved to Toronto around the same time. Well, I just remember we clicked at some point. I was like, I don't know why this kid, he's younger than me. He's not even cool. Like what is, <laughs> but like, I like him. I want to talk to him. I want to hang out with him. I want him to drive in my car with me the rest is history so when you moved to toronto what did you go for early childhood education at ryerson so what was the intention like what would what did you go take that for honestly because i got accepted there and because i wanted to venture out of windsor i had always been really good with kids and stuff like that so i knew it was something i could do but if you guys remember in high school i didn't really do well in high school i didn't care for school i never had good grades I knew I had to go to university because my family was forcing me. So Ryerson accepted me and I was like, I think I can do this. Let's try early childhood education. My best friend at the time, Leah, she had gone to Ottawa. So she had a great experience leaving Windsor. So that I was like, you know what? I can't, I got to go give that a try. I relate to every single part of that story. Mm -hmm. It's like the family pressure to go back to university or to go to university after high school and getting accepted at something I knew I could do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and going because I could leave Windsor. It's nice <laughs> to hear you talk about it because it's a great starting point to touch on to see where you've come from since then, right? Like yeah. school wasn't your strong suit and then and you pursued something that you didn't even really translate so much into your into your final kind of career or your business. Yeah, it all kind of just came down to taking a risk that made me really uncomfortable and <laughs> but I knew that I wanted something else, so I just I took the risk. So do you think that the concept for the art lab kind of came out of your education or did your education help give you the foundation for that? How did the art lab come to be in your mind? Definitely that was a starting point. When I first went to university and I started doing my placements, I despised my placements. I felt intimidated. <laughs> I was nervous. I was like, I don't want to be sitting on the floor playing with dinosaurs all day while kids are <laughs> coughing on me. I'm like, what is this? What? A and that's the thing with, with that program is people go into it thinking that it's going to be, you know, you're playing with kids and stuff, but um, it's so much more than that. I went to university. I made it through. I still honestly didn't think that that was the field I wanted to be in and I just was going to finish it because I hated my placement so much and then eventually after working at Starbucks for a hundred years I was like <laughs> time to get a real job I eventually got a job at the YMCA and that was the real starting point where I actually discovered where my skills were and my skills were with kids and art I kind of discovered that organically what were you doing at the YMCA were you like in programming yeah, so they had a before and after school program. So I was placed within a school and I would go there really early in the morning for a couple hours and then have the whole afternoon day off and then eventually have to uh, come back at like three to six for the kids after school for after school care from three to six. So I started doing that in that three to six period was where it all kind of started. What specifically? 
it was an opportunity. Those three hours every day was an opportunity to do things that I enjoyed doing, but I did it with the kids. So I would be on Pinterest finding all these cool things I like to make and do, and I would do it with the kids. The kids loved it. And I grew attached to these kids. I grew attached to their families to the point where I wanted to be awesome for them. Like I, when I was getting great feedback from the families and my boss, Zyra, she gave me so much positive feedback and encouragement about how great I was with not only like making childcare fun, but actually implementing the program, like their play to learn program. And then, yeah, just like I said, I got really close with the families and my boss and I just, I started to really love that part of my job. And it was all around art. It was all around making stuff, creating stuff. Everything else was kind of tied in like science and math and everything through the art that we did. But it was pretty much just all the fun and encouragement that I got through that. And it was something my peers weren't able to do and I was able to do. And that wasn't normally the case for me. So I think that also drove me into like, I really think I could do this. I'm really good at it. I felt good at something for once in my life. And that led into parents asking me to do birthday parties. And then I got pregnant and we had a little pause. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's something to be said about what you can bring to a child's education when it comes to engaging with art. A lot of people, they see art as okay, it's like that one thing that you kind of have to do when you're early because they make you do it. And then, you know, as you get older, so most people drop it and whatever, it's just draw a picture and get it over with. Whereas I, and you know, Sam, you and I have worked on a lot of workshops together. I, I've worked for you at the art lab and seeing the engagement that, and the, that like magic that you can get from a kid when they are actually connecting to what, just letting loose and just creating and not saying like, oh, I'm not an artist. I can't do this. I've seen you in action and the way that you motivate these kids and you just, okay, it's just don't think it too much, you know, just, just go for it. And seeing that, like that, that is the magic when you see these kids engaging with it. Thank you. And like that word is so cheesy magic, but literally it feels like magic sometimes. And I'm just like, why isn't everyone doing this? And just the feedback from these kids that come to like the camps that we did geo and Mm -hmm field trips and stuff like that, that you've been there for, like the kids are talking about it two years later. And all we did was some art. We made some stuff and it was so impactful. And that's the best part really is that, and that's why I say it's magic because it does impact people, which is, I knew it was fun. I knew it was enjoyable and people like to do it, uh, which in itself is amazing, a form of therapy, but seeing firsthand the effect that it had on these kids in terms of making their lives better and more positive, even if it's just for a little bit of time, was really freaking cool. And especially in 2020, when most people are turning to their phones as a distraction, like to see (laughs) the engagement, but it's true. And to see the engagement that people are, people are like thirsty for it. Like they want, they want to express themselves beyond just, you know, doing nothing and rotting the brains. (laughs) Yeah. Not only that, but there's also, it sounds like an element of empowerment to it because Sam, you were talking about how you struggled a little bit with school and maybe your sense of direction, but you really took, you did what creative people do, which is you took knowledge that you got 
out of your program and then you took it and you translated it into something lateral that engaged you and made you feel empowered and validated because you were like, this is something that I can do that nobody else can do. And you're also kind of bringing that to the kids in your program because maybe they've never had an opportunity to engage with art or create in the way that you're showing them how to. And there's something really powerful about being able to make something and say, I did this, look at this. And this is what I have to show. You just reiterated that like perfectly. <laughs> exactly how I feel and think. And that was beautifully put because that's, that's exactly it. And I just hope that we can keep doing this for a long time because if it is impacting kids, I would love to see the effect like long-term. And yeah. the one thing you said about um, some kids may not have had the opportunity, that's just it. I would say every kid that I come in to who has never been to the art lab has never had an experience like that so far in their life. So I know there's other places that do this around the world, but Windsor doesn't really have this and you can't, and there's no one to blame. There's no fault. Teachers aren't even taught how to do this. And art is always, is something that's written off. It's the first thing that's written off. It's not seen as essential when it is essential. It's completely essential. When you say that you know that there are other places around the world that do this, but there was nothing like this in Windsor, how is that how Art Lab came to be? Like, how did you conceptualize it? How did you take it from, I'm doing these after school programs with these kids and I'm seeing how much they love art. I need to take a break because I'm pregnant right now. And then <laughs> where you got to when you <laughs> opened the Art Lab? Well, when I got pregnant, I moved back home. I needed my mommy found myself back in Windsor. Geo comes back to Windsor. My mm -hmm. other best friend Sawyer is in Windsor. My maternity leave was ending and I was like, either I go back to working in childcare, which is not somewhere I necessarily, it's not easy and it's not fun. And it's not even, in my opinion, it's not sustainable. It's too much stress. So I was here, my mother was here to help me watch my kids while I actually took a risk to go and do this. My friends were starting their own businesses. They were, I, I had all the tools that I needed to do this. So I just, I was here in Windsor and because of our cost of living and all these things and that my family and friends support, I was, I was able to start off small with the art lab and yeah. give it a, a chance. It's been really cool as a side note to see because I've been seeing this whole thing from when you were like I'm doing this to when you're like I got my first place that I'm renting to now you're almost what two years later it's yeah, two years of summer right almost two years yeah and to see the evolution of in how in two years it went from a concept to now you have quite the following you have oh, yeah. uh devoted maelstrom of moms <laughs> oh, I, I, I love those moms I and they love, love you uh, well that's the cool thing it's that because I'm at this mom phase in my life like between my friends like you I don't mm. really have a lot of relationships with people who have children so creating these bonds with these moms and having them as my customers and they're all kind of just different versions of me. We're all kind of going through the same thing. So it's a cool little community we got going. Yeah. So. I wanted to touch on the community aspect too, because I think there's 
a real push in the broader sense for creatives who are starting out or looking to start out. And you even mentioned this, and I know that this was a thing uh, with Gio as well, which is like, we grew up in a smallish town relative to the size of Ontario. And there was like always this feeling that there were better things elsewhere. And what's really interesting is to hear you talk about how because Windsor is a smaller community, because it's more affordable, because you had a connection or a community here already who could help push you into this fruition, this actual realization of your business, that made this possible. And I think it's really important to just take a second to highlight the fact that being a medium-sized fish or even a small fish is oh, yeah. easier when you're in a smaller pond. And a lot of people, oh, think, yeah. you know what I mean? People oh, devalue yeah. it because they're like, well, this isn't where my people are, or this isn't where I'm going to get the artist experience or the creative experience. And I, those things are ready made. And it's like, yeah, but when you are that person in the community, that means you get to be it. You get to create that, create it in the image that you want to see it. Yeah. And just the fact that we can introduce completely new concepts without competition, I get to breathe. I get to hang out with my kids. I get to work all the time. You know the deal, but I can still have everything that I need to have in terms of my family life and my sanity and just living day to day or less stressed than I used to be is the best. Yeah. Well, and you can as... experiment too, right? Yeah, totally. That is very awesome. Just having creative freedom in general, the days are not boring. And for, I'm sure you and Gio, you guys, it's just to do the same thing over and over again. It's not for us. It's not, Mm -mm. it's not going to happen. And that's the thing. Like, it's not even, you know, you're in a, you're a medium fish in a smaller pond. And our generation is realizing more and more that, you know, there's more opportunity when you can, like you said, breathe and there's more balance in your life because it's not all about, and Sam, you and I both know this from living in Toronto where like, it's, it's really hard just to exist, let alone the pressures of starting a business, affording your business, marketing your business and seeing it evolve, you know, we're us coming back for both of us. I mean, we've been able to thrive in, in a way where we didn't necessarily see as an opportunity, as something that was possible in Toronto. Like just being able to grow with our families next to us is also mm-hmm. pretty awesome because as much as I want to, you know, be in Toronto chasing whatever, I was looking for, I don't know, being home, being with my friends from my childhood, being with my family, my sisters, my nieces, my nephews. Like this is, these are the things you're going to think about later on in life. Not all the other things. That's definitely a huge bonus to being in Windsor. So having your family here now, you guys have been here now, what, three, you know, four years you've been back, right? Yeah, three or four. So I know the answer to this question because, you know, I just do, but so as far as when it comes to your kids, because you have two children, how are they when, you know, mommy brings them to the art lab? Like, what's their experience? Well, they love it. When we say, oh, do you want to go to the art lab? They go, art lab, art lab, art lab. <laughs> we open the doors. They just whip off their shoes and they run in. It's just like a fun space to run around and do whatever. Be creative, play. So describe to any of our listeners who don't know what the Art Lab is or who haven't seen it or haven't checked your website or your Instagram or anything like that. Artlab.com. Theartlabwindsor.com. Art oh, sorry. <laughs> Says the guy who made my website. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. As far as uh, creative, like uh, that's the one thing I love about what I do is that it's it's I can cross into so many different friends' businesses. It's like one of the best things I, I love about my job. But anyway, it's not about me. So the, <laughs> the way you just <laughs> in my day to day, it is. Um, <laughs> but no, the way you described your kids and like how they like throw their shit down and they run in and they're just excited. And I've seen this firsthand. A lot of kids, even if they've never been to the art lab, they they come in and they're like, what is this place and why haven't I been here before? You just see it in their face. <laughs> yeah, and it's every kid. I have yet every to kid. see a kid who doesn't come in and eyes get huge and sometimes they're a bit nervous, but with time, they get right in there every time and I make the joke almost every day with a mom, a different mom, about how we need a bribery jar at the door just to get them out of the door. So, <laughs> new business concept I'm working on. But so describe it, because like I want people to know like how okay. awesome it is in there. Okay, so the art lab is an art studio. It was created for children and youth, and it's all about the process of being creative, making art in a space where there's no right or wrong. And it's about enjoying the process of making it versus the end result. So even though we like to do lots of things that make cool, colorful, exciting things, but we're mainly focused on the actual making and doing part of art. We're also like a little community hub for artists to come and make art I had the opportunity to get a VIP tour the last time I was in Windsor. Nice. Because <laughs> uh, Gio took me through there. But yeah, there was so much stuff there. There was like a green space, there are tables, there are jars full of craft, tactile craft elements like, you know, googly eyes, glitter, paint, stuff like that. But then there was also a space where there was art, like an actual art installation, like a sculpture. Was this during the that art show, Geo? Yeah, it that, was. Oh yeah, yeah. That was a good time to go. Yeah, yeah it was so like every was... <laughs> every time we walked through a room, there was like something more exciting, like in the next. Yeah, it's, it's a fun house of <laughs> yes, stuff yeah. everywhere. Yeah, it's just like a fun, like a fairy tale of art and making things and just creativity and all those jars that you saw. Those were put there for kids to see them and feel the magic Geo's talking about, you know, like a potion, <laughs> like a magical, like making of apothecaries, fun trinkets and <laughs> imagination. It was everything I would would have wanted as a kid. Yeah. On the shelves and just my it's Harry so Potter of arts. Yes, that's what I was thinking of. It's like uh, whatever the candy places, Honeydukes, Honeydukes, yes. that's what it's called. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's funny because, well, it's not funny, but it's interesting because you're talking about how it's really geared toward kids, but it's such a grown-up space. I don't think it's infantilized in that way that, you know, a lot of kids' spaces are very, this is silly, whatever. I could see myself as a kid going there and being like, this is a grown-up art studio and I get to play around in here because that was my impression. I did not once feel like I was coming through an age bias space in that way. It was obvious that there were things that were appropriate for kids to engage with, but there was so much for adults there as well. I know with a lot of businesses, you you should try to keep things focused on one particular area just to keep everything streamlined. But with the art lab, it's almost like an exception to that. And a lot of the things, even with the preschoolers and the children's things that we do, 
There's a lot of things that are actually going on there that I'm thinking about the parent. We recently got like coffee. So we were serving free coffee. I put out couches for the parents, benches, and also the music we play. Like we're not playing the wiggles. We're not playing <laughs> like, you know, whatever baby shark business is going on. I don't know. You guys don't have children so i don't know no. what is kids okay. bop is that a thing yeah. kids bop okay so between <laughs> parties sometimes we have to bust out the kids bop because ariana grande is not doing uh really appropriate songs these days but yeah we play jazz music and the parents are grooving we're just trying to make everybody feel chilled out and relaxed and you know your kid can make a mess if they're mixing things who cares if they you know, they spill something on the floor. Who cares? We're all parents here laughing at each other's kids and just chilling, listening to some, listening to music and giving our kids an amazing experience at the same time, filling them with joy, happiness, excitement, and tiring them out for lunchtime. So even though it, most of it is geared towards kids because kids are, they're everything to me in terms of which people I want to be around and work with every day. As a parent myself, as a parent with friends who don't have kids, as an aunt, as a human being, not just this, I'm a mom that's doing everything for my kid. And No, it's amazing because you walk through it and it's like, it's clearly a space that's set up to embrace the messiest part of art. And then what you end up having is a space that looks lived in, that looks comfortable, but it also, you can see the mess or the byproduct of the creativity that takes place there. And that in itself is art. It's one of the most immediately engaging and appealing spaces I've ever walked through. It's not like Thank a normal you. art gallery where I'm like, oh, uh, this is a nice warehouse. I hope no one got murdered here before they put the art <laughs> installation in. Like, <laughs> it's so gorgeous. I absolutely loved it. And I was like, I have to come back to Windsor just for the art lab now. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. And like the splatter paint room in general, like we haven't even talked about that yet. No, but we haven't. That is like, well, that looks like you murdered a unicorn or something. <laughs> but the reaction we get from the splatter room, and if you've done the splatter room, which thousands and thousands of people have done it now between all our field trips, between 50th birthday parties, bachelorette parties, all the preschoolers that come through, babies doing art for the first time, this splatter room, it has never been used without a laugh or a smile. And I'm just, I'm waiting for the day to someone, for someone to go in the splatter room and paint in there without laughing and having a great time. And even what it's done for the special needs community is, that's also another thing. I did not even think that I would be reaching out to so many different age groups and people. And yeah, the splatter room has really brought in like people from all walks of life and has given people an opportunity to make art or not even make art, do something that was, mm -hmm. you know, out in public, that was at a place that they could never have done before the art lab existed. So there's a lot of kids who have autism or some maybe special needs adults who have mobile issues, not just adults, anybody that have used a splatter room who have gotten an experience where their parent or caregiver was like, thank you so much just for making the art lab because they weren't able to go and do something before or they were only limited to this, this, and this. And they got to come here and do something with their friends, with their family. And it wasn't like they were any different and it wasn't like they needed anything different or special for like once in their life or for, it just gave them a break for 
like whatever amount of time it was. Describe what that is. Cause we know what it is, but to anybody who's okay, here, like what, yes. what the fuck's a splatter room? You know? I know, right? <laughs> what is that? Okay. So the splatter room essentially is a room in the art lab where you can just paint anywhere. We have nails on the wall. You can hang up your canvases and just paint. What I feel like sets apart our splatter room, not that I, there's definitely not another splatter room in Windsor, but when we first opened, I randomly decided to include plungers and fly swatters. I was like, let's just throw some new things in here. We can make circles and squares. These are things I would do with kids, like on paper, on at tables at school. And then the kids are just screaming and splatting and splashing in their face. They're <laughs> screaming, they're laughing. Their mothers are laughing, they're videotaping. Everybody's just completely, nothing else is going on in the world. Everyone's just feeling completely, having a new experience. I don't know, it was just, I was like, whoa, like these tools. And, and then as time goes on, I start seeing like, wow, like this kid that can't really like grip very good, like it didn't matter. A baby could make some art with it. An adult could splat and it splats back in their face. And it's just like, when was the last time you would have done anything like that? It's like a food fight in a mess hall. It's like, it's <laughs> You're making play. art like so much more accessible and creativity so much more accessible. I think like as people who are creative, we understand this more than most people, but a lot of people's approach to creating stuff is that paralysis, right? Of, oh, I have to do this and I have to be so serious and I have to be so skillful and I have to get this great end product, all of these things. And what you're describing is the complete opposite of that. It's like <laughs> so yeah, chaotic. Is, yeah. Well, it's like that because of history, just because yeah. Yeah. like everything else. It's coming around though. It's coming around and more of this is happening and of course, people are getting to a point where the way, and I mean, listen, the whole COVID thing is showing us right, like more than any, anything that the way that we were doing things and the way that we've been programmed to, we, and Renee and I've talked about the hustle and the the grind and you know the Sam too, like where it's that constant, like, it's I the hamster produce. wheel. Yeah. And yes. People are like, this is stupid. What am I doing? Like, what is the point of all this? If the process is not enjoyable, if you're not mm -hmm. in it, it's not just about the end, the end product, you know, and if it's like putting a business together, it's never ending. It's a continual growth, a continuous growth. And if you're not having fun while you're doing it, other than money, what is your goal? It's true. And like, it's cliche, you know, but they say right now is all you have. And it's true. Mm -hmm. So if you're not enjoying the process of what is in front of your face, then what is the point? But it's not, it's not easy to do that, is it, guys? No, no. it's hard to step away. And uh, that's why the art lab is, is the thing. I think yeah. you should take a break yes. and then we will pick back up with more questions for Sam. Sounds good. And we're back. Oh my god, we're back. What Hi, a great guys. break. <laughs> Is everyone feeling refreshed and <laughs> hydrated? Very hydrated. <laughs> Is everyone's eyebrows on? Mine aren't. Mine are not on. Mine are never on. Yeah, right? I know. Mine are always on. Yours are <laughs> always like, on. Too you much, say they're, they're too hermetically on. sealed to your face. I love They that. are. <laughs> Text me that the other day. So we're here with Sam Walker from the Art Lab Windsor. And we're we were talking about the splatter room before we went on break. Do you offer specific workshops in the splatter room? It's kind of its own thing. It's just, we do so many different things in there. Like I have a little, a, a little art club. 
And one day we put on a bunch of art lab t-shirts and we just all splattered each other. And <laughs> That's awesome. After two years, I can honestly say your artwork replicates your personality. And it's even funny with a lot of the parents, how I like to ask them, I like to say, can you tell who did which canvas? And every time, oh yeah, I know exactly. So-and-so did this one, so-and-so did this one. But you have like a wide variety of workshops that you offer. Yes. I can't decide even. I have so <laughs> many that I want to do. But in terms of like getting supplies and being consistent and um, being able to accommodate as many people that want to do a certain workshop over time, I have to make sure I do that. Because sometimes I'll do a workshop and I'm like, okay, so what are we going to do next? Meanwhile, there's like hundreds and hundreds of people that have never tried that and maybe they'd like to do it someday. So I try to stay consistent with the ones that I feel are the most appealing and popular and which ones are your most popular? Definitely slime is everything. (laughs) (laughs) I am a slime monster. Like I I breathe slime. Like my whole I I am slime at this point. I but slime honestly after all this time I gotta give it credit it's so cool it's like an art form it's a science yeah we make slime you're not excreting it you're making it no not well that's it no is that too personal (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) but yeah so no slime for those of you that don't know it's everything you just told us everything (laughs) yeah every time I have a workshop it sells out Every time I would have a workshop, it's the best day of everyone's life. And <laughs> mom, I need to make a million more slimes at the art lab. We have slime kits, my art club, every single week. They're cute little faces. They're like, can we do a slime? <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Yes, because I can't resist you. My fairy garden workshop is really popular, which I love. But what I find really interesting about things like fairy garden and unicorn is the gender things that come up mm-hmm. uh, with things like that. So describe which, for me, because I don't know, what is fairy garden and what is unicorn? Okay, so a fairy garden workshop, we make woodland flower crowns and we make wands, like magic wands. And we create like a little garden with a little house in it. And it's oh, like cute. a little fairy house and we paint it. And we put rocks and butterflies and it's magical that's where i want to live me too yeah right it's so fun and i play like nature music when they come in with like birds and like oh yeah it's 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 so cute and fun but you really um, are about the experience like three like 360 i I want you to feel magical because that's how i want to feel that's how i used (laughs) to want to feel too when i was a kid like i was in a fairy tale i don't know if that's healthy but i love it i'm into it yeah i think i'm right that's literally yeah exactly (laughs) you want to get lost in whatever so i'm really wanting to push to stay gender neutral in terms of introducing art to kids as something that has no gender when I was at the YMCA in Toronto and we were in downtown and there wasn't really any questions of the boys, a lot of the boys and girls doing the different gender norms, I guess you would say. I'm really trying to push like getting the genders out of art in terms of my workshops because people say, well, do you have anything for boys? I'm like, and um, I am making a face of yeah. disapproval. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> people can't see. Yeah. So people are gendering those workshops and saying oh these are for girls is that what you mean because you were asking me what workshops we offer and that just reminded me of 
how much gender is brought into art. these workshops in art and how much I want to take that out. We have poor painting. Poor painting is awesome for team building. And once again, that like reflects anyone can do it. Every time the parents sign up their kids, the parents wish they could join in as well. They get so into it. Like if you watch my videos of people making these poor paintings, all the reactions and comments, it's like, it's a cool experience. People so describe are, it. Describe it for me because I know nothing. So I just recently actually posted something because Matt's going to put together some poor painting kits. He manages the art lab. He is also another driving force that kind of got this started. Having that that nice person there for you. Making oh, yeah. But, I need a Matt. Um, I need a mat in yeah, my life to do all my, my, the other half of my shit that I don't want to do anymore. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Uh, you asked me more about that. Oh, yeah. So the reactions. What do you do? Is it like a thing? Do you like put paint in a bucket? Taking acrylic paint, mm -hmm. making it viscous so that it's, how do you say that? It's that's a, a good, good that's, that's the right Right? Word. It's viscous. So it has to be thick it. enough. Okay. Yeah. 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 You thin yep. it out actually. You know those like satisfying videos you can see on Instagram or whatever? Oh, yeah. stim. They're called stim videos. Stim? Yes. Yeah, well, this will stim the hell out of you. <laughs> and anyone can do it. And that's the best part. I've done this with my daughter, Summer, when she was three. Yeah, we did it with a, a, a group of special needs adults that we visit once a month. And they loved it. You have partnered with a lot of local organizations from yes. the university to like multiple school boards to independent mm -hmm. galleries. Like you really have worked with a lot of people in the two years that, and not even two years that you've been around. There is a place for art everywhere I go. We've talked a lot about the impressions that you make on these kids, that the, the way that the parents feel about the, like bringing their kids there. And, you know, you really have given a lot to the Windsor community. What have they given to you? First of all, thank you. That was really nice. Well, every day I wake up happy about what I do. I've created connections with kids who have done things for me that they don't even understand in terms of just appreciating what I do and different ways that they show they showed me that I can help them with something or I can have an impact, a positive impact on their life. Windsor has done so much. I mean, in terms of all, even all the having, hosting street festivals and different things, uh, they, I got to be part of all that. I'm not fighting for a space is hard. I've been given a chance. Like I said, I wake up every day happy and looking forward to my job, which is something I honestly, for a good while there, I thought you just didn't get to have that. The amount of time being told in art an artist isn't going to make any money. Keep it as a it's hobby. Just, uh, yeah. yeah. And in some, in some ways, you know, I can't deny the fact that there isn't a lot of opportunity in art like there is in a lot of other fields. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if you combine both a business perspective and what your skill set is. I think you are the kind of person, Sam, who is we have to work within the channels that exist. So we understand as creative people who are making art that we can't necessarily make a living, buy groceries or pay our mortgage by, you know, drawing, designing or writing poetry. But art always has a value. People always go to art in times of crisis and in times Definitely. of- And so someone like you who has taken your passion, because that's truly what it is, and your drive to engage people in 
all of the positive and affirming aspects of art and channel that into a business model, you are leading the way. You're working within the channels that exist to show people the value of art. And you're doing it in this way where you're making it accessible to them. Yes, through a business model, but you're truly showing people the value of art that isn't commodified because you're not inviting people into the art lab and saying, okay, now you're going to create, recreate a Picasso and you're going to try to sell it in an art gallery or something like that. You know what I mean? You're just inviting people into a space where you're giving them the freedom to create and you're showing them how that experience is so affirming. And I think for governments or for organizations who devalue art in our society and in business spaces, you are at the forefront of this movement to show them how important it actually is and how accessible it is and how revitalizing it is in a community setting. Once again, Renee, I don't even know how to respond because you just like nail it right on the head. That's exactly it. Like, now you've been around a couple of years and how do you see the art lab evolving? Like in like moving forward. And let's say, you know, COVID is not this big awful thing that stops everyone's creative right? pursuits. Let's fast thing. forward like 18 months and they've got 18. You know, oh, I, can't, yeah. I can't wait 18 months. I, oh, I just, but it's I, gonna be. Let me tell you. Let me just reality check you right now. Something that I've wanted from the very, very beginning of this was to go back to my roots of before and after school program and start an art lab after school program where kids are going to join because they want to, not just because they have to, but also the kids that have to give them an opportunity to enjoy their time stuck after school, not just playing with a bin of blocks, which no fault to any teacher or childcare worker, the tools given are limited and it's not fair, but I feel like with an art lab program, I can not only give kids an opportunity to have these cool art experiences and personal experiences in terms of self-esteem and all these, but also open up the door for those artists that say you can't have a career in art. For those ECEs and teachers who are struggling day in, day out, working all day, for them to maybe have a job that they can do and enjoy and express themselves and experience joy in childcare, because that honestly has really gone down because of how things are run in the system one thing at a time though right like it's it's yeah. so as much as people tell you you know you got a plan you have your your one-year plan your five-year plan your you ten-year can't plan. plan either you can only plan it, so what much. is the expression it's like men plan and god laughs i've been saying that a lot lately <laughs> oh i bet that is 2020 in a nutshell <laughs> yeah no kidding before this whole coronavirus the schools were on strike. We normally would have had field trips every single day, having all these kids and doing all these things and moving forward with the business, but you can't plan. There was a strike and now this, and so we'll see where... Ontario is under conservative leadership right now, and I'm not trying to wave my politics flag here. It is a known fact that like conservatives, their platform is to go after healthcare and arts and education. Mm-hmm. Right away, that's where the cut, cuts come in. So it's very difficult to get any traction in this kind of industry, in the creative industry, in the arts industry, especially when there's government funding specifically set up for these kind of businesses when conservatives come to power. So if you are the kind of person who 
you know, has conservative politics, maybe, maybe think about it, right? Because Alberta did the same thing. Like we had an NDP government and then they voted in the conservatives and all of a sudden people started freaking out. They're like, oh my God, they're going after healthcare. They're going after the arts. They're going after education. What's happening? And it's like, we did this. <laughs> you guys mm-hmm. voted in the conservatives. That's what happens. <laughs> so it really does just to make more of a point to that this kind of stuff is impacted by the way people vote. So if this is valuable to you, if you are the somebody who needs that after after school care for your child or you're somebody who wants their kid to be engaged in this way, people like you Sam, you benefit from governments who see the need for healthcare or for childcare and for arts in the community. <laughs> yes, people. I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> <laughs> So I wanted to, I just a quick uh, touch on, because we talked about COVID and Renee have, and I have talked about this a bit where, you know, a lot of people who are in business and they're, they talk about, you know, you have to pivot, change a bit of your business model in order to adapt to the changes. We've all had to do that. We have been putting together art kits for kids to do at home, as well as making some videos, some DIY videos with upcycle stuff, things you already have in your house, not something you have to go out and buy at the store it's been going really well because these kids, they need something to do and we have stuff for them to do. And being a process-based art studio, I feel like that kind of sets our stuff apart from other like art kit you could get at the store, you know, when it's like a one-time make and cut this out or paint it and it's done. Some of our stuff, like our dollhouse kit, it's like you're making a, a miniature house. So you do painting, you do wallpaper, you're making clay people, you're sewing little pillows for a bed, you're putting on curtains, you're... Yeah, so cute. It's literally Animal Crossing IRL. I love it so much. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. So I miss the art lab and how we normally do things. And the art kit thing has been like really great just in terms of two getting to change things up and taking a little breather. We were able to pivot it in this new direction. And Renee, like you said about your saying, say 18 months, that's where my head's at. I'm. And to go back to what we talked about earlier about budget cuts, voting, et cetera, even in the face of a pandemic, it shows you that art is still required. People still want to make, they still want to create because creative expression is an escape from the bullshit of the world. And you are able to offer that to families, not just kids, but families and to create that experience from home. So regardless of the fact that people can't go into the art lab, the art lab is still going into other people, into people's homes. Totally. Yeah. And that, that shit is magic. I'm going to like <laughs> uncollapse my soapbox again and just like get right back up on it because I swear to God, people who are like, <laughs> art doesn't matter. It right? just makes me insane. Even what you're describing, Sam, the idea of having a child receive a package where they are making a dollhouse, they are putting up wallpaper, they are so... How much stuff are they learning from that? You want to tell me that art has no value when this child is learning how to assemble things? They're learning depth perception, spatial organization, how to use a thread and needle, which I didn't learn until I was a 25-year-old woman. Like, you know what I mean? Like, all yeah. of this stuff is so crucial, Math. but it's fueled through creative expression and that is what makes it engaging to them because if you sat down and you were like now we're gonna learn how to calculate the area of one wall of the dollhouse they'd be like no thank you like Like, even when I was building the dollhouse Gio you know I could never do math or I was Uh, I'm just not good at that kind of thing 
Me neither. So we're. <laughs> but we're <laughs> when I was building the dollhouse, cardboard and whatever, what we did was we created a dollhouse that when I was replicating what they had did, I found myself doing math without actually using any numbers or calculations. It was like, and just kind of using my creative thinking of how I'm going to mathematically build this house. Art is crucial. It's in our nature to want to build, to want to make things, to want to create. It's in our nature. So back to what you were saying, Renee, just about how people don't think this is essential when it's literally part of who we are mm -hmm. is really sad that it's suppressed. So Yes, and so undervalued. And that's why we need you, Samantha. <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> So for any of our listeners who want to get in touch with you or find you online, where can they connect with you? Definitely call our art lab number. But if anyone's interested in, you know, starting their own business or has any questions on what I did or if I think what they're going to do can work, don't be afraid to ask me because I would love to... I just meant like your Instagram and your website. Like, okay. <laughs> I don't know right, if you want to open that. it up. No, to Sam <laughs> is like soliciting mentorship opportunities. Yeah. I am fucking here for this. I'm like, okay, right. when I open my Etsy shop, I am going to get Sam's Girl, stuff call from Geo and call I just wrote like a, Okay, let me answer that. If you want to contact me, you can contact me via phone, Instagram, email, whatever. What's your Instagram? at art lab or my facebook which is the art lab yqg what's your website it's the art lab windsor the, the art, art lab, lab windsor. Windsor. okay yeah. we'll put it all in the show notes we'll put it all in the show okay notes. cool did i sound i like i want to make sure i'm not like i feel like i'm i was just bragging the whole time what no we no we brought you on here to okay, talk you about be honest with me oh okay. my god sam no i totally understand where you're coming from because it is i definitely had that thought exactly when geo and i started this i was like what kind of fucking vanity project is this where we're gonna be sat here talking about all the shit we've done and then it's like me next to geo especially because geo's like i own my own business i'm fucking amazing and i'm like i'm putting things on the internet <laughs> <laughs> As far as I'm concerned, I like you're queen. Okay. <laughs> That's, that's the point of it, Say, And not only that, but like if it helps, if it helps push you out of that mindset at all, your approach to talking today was all about like why this is so important to you. So you didn't come off as a blowhard talking about all of your accomplishments. You were like, this is something that I really deeply care about. Good. So I made it happen. And that's literally the premise of our podcast is mm -hmm. You are a creative person. What moves are you making to try to, for lack of a better word, I know it sounds woo-woo now because of how people use it, but you really are. You're manifesting what it, your oh. drive, you know what I mean? And to me, yeah. that's how I kind of push past that mental block too, because I was thinking about doing this podcast and truly going down that mental road of what do I know? And I do know stuff because I give a shit about writing. I do know stuff. I've taken steps to further my own education and knowledge base. And the reason that I'm doing this is not so that I can validate myself. It's so that I can share it out to people because there were so many moments and will be more moments to come in my path on 
in the whatever direction I'm heading in, wherever I end up, where I could have benefited from that knowledge. So here, it, when Gio was like, what's your contact information? I knew what Gio was driving at. Like, he just wanted you to say your Instagram handle, but the fact that you took it in the direction of like, I will help you. Just yeah, like, let me contact. tell you what I did. Yes, that's how I feel too, because I'm like, that's what I want this podcast to be, is a beacon for people who are looking for something that will help galvanize them. Them. And that and anyone can do anything. They just have to. Yes, do it. yes. And, and that came across in everything that you spoke to today. Good, you were like, "This you. is something I'm passionate about, and I did it because I care about it, not because I'm the shit." <laughs> okay, good. Because yeah. <laughs> but then there's people that I love and admire, and I listen to them, and they're saying all these great things, and I'm like, "You're just you're a person. I'm a person. We can." We all have shit to offer, man. And it's like, it's not about tooting your own horn. It's about like showing people we're all in this shit together. Holy fuck, especially now. So at the end of our every episode, Renee have this new, and I have this new segment that we call Creative Power Up. And basically we just talk about one thing recently that is inspiring us or that is getting us moving and getting us kind of like engaged with our work. What for you... Summertime, summertime. It's giving me light. Yeah, my skin. It's going in my window, and everyone's feeling good. I don't know, I have to wear turtlenecks. You know, not that I didn't wear. A you never have to wear turtlenecks. That was, that was, <laughs> <laughs> no one has to wear a turtleneck. Okay. What's your creative power up? Is okay, it turtlenecks? Be... <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I like a mo- to put on a controller. <laughs> it just makes me feel snazzy. <laughs> Every time we record, Gio's always got his mock turtleneck on. Yeah. It's not even a mock turtleneck. It's just a dickie that he wears over his t-shirt. It's like a little bib. With- <laughs> ew, ew. That's blasphemy. My creative power-up this week has been this interview, mostly because to be able to loop in these like strong ass women, and I'm not just saying this to be to be lame, but like these strong ass women who are following their paths, that's gold right there. And so for me, like this, I'm, I've been very excited. <laughs> I love you. No, this was, it was honestly, it was such a treat to get to talk to you, Sam, and see you again for the first time same, in like a hundred years. Yeah. I told you, I used to look at your face and think you were so freaking pretty. I know that this, that's so cheesy. I know. I'm sorry. I'm embarrassed. I'm going to embarrass you. But it Sam, wasn't. But things have changed. Special, but like, <laughs> I was like, "What is it? Like, what is it about it? Like, what's is the shape of something? I don't know. I just like your face." Sam, Anyways, I like your I, face. I, I, all these years later, I didn't tell you. It's, <laughs> you want to be friends with me? <laughs> we should have been friends earlier. I know. What happened? I know. Oh man, I had to go through like an extreme attitude adjustment, but it was worth it. <laughs> Oh my god, right? It was worth it for everybody involved. Oh my god. Oh my god. No, this was amazing. I this went better than I could have ever imagined. Yeah, it was was super fun. On the money, like you were our ideal, like dream first guest to do this with. Um to pop our interview cherry. Thank you so much for (laughs) picking me, guys. Yeah. Mine is the same. I'm just gonna piggyback off your mine is Sam telling me how pretty I am. I, <laughs> <laughs> I have quarantine hair blues because my hair is so brutal because I haven't had a haircut in so long. No, but it really is. It's like honestly, Sam, listening to you talk about how you you went through things that were really similar to what I went through, where you kind of felt 
disenfranchised by Windsor and you were like, I want to get out of here. I want to like figure stuff out outside of Windsor. And then you went through a program that you clearly enjoyed the basis for the foundation was there, but it didn't, it, it just wasn't right for you. Cause I felt the same way. Like I went through a school program that didn't offer me what I thought it would because I was so, so into the content that I was learning, but the actual system that it existed within it wasn't for me. I didn't want to be part of academia. I was like, I, this is no place for me because academia's whole thing is making it less accessible, accessible for people. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like it's for people who have extremely high academic achievement and then can move in those circles with other scholars. And mm-hmm. I talk real smart, but I don't like that aspect of it right because to me i think all knowledge just like art should be accessible to everyone that Mm -hmm. is a firm belief that i've had for a really really long time so just listening to the way that you you pivoted i really hate that word because i think we've just said it so much yeah but (laughs) it's true it's what you did you you move okay if i could say like moved laterally because you took everything (laughs) that you had and then you just went in a different direction with it and you're still fulfilling this this passion that you have but it's in such a different way and it's in a way that gives back to the community it's in a way that makes art accessible which has me thinking about my content that I create and how that's what I want too. I want to know that what I'm making is resonating with people it's just a different medium like I said before like it wasn't really planned exactly to be what it is it all just kind of stemmed from cheesy me being myself and staying true to what my passions were and taking a risk and putting myself out there, even though I didn't necessarily feel like I could do it for sure. When yeah. But then you the did it. You fucking did it, which is amazing. Like, yeah. To Gio's I, point, that's it. Like you fucking did. And it's amazing. It's amazing talking to you and like, it's humbling me to see how humble you are because for me, I'm like sitting here like, Oh my God, you've accomplished so much. And you're like, you know what? Did I sound okay? I'm like, fuck off, bitch. Like, I wish I were you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks so much. I know Gio even feels the same way. You know, you did this awesome thing for Amazon and like, and still, even after you do these things that are awesome and whatever, you're just like, but you're still your same person. You're still, and nothing's good enough. You know, everyone says, (laughs) oh, you're always looking for the next best thing. You really are. Which is That's the Italian. (laughs) <laughs> yeah an italian yeah <laughs> i always say geo's drive is fear, fear angela it is it's fear, fear of, of the wooden spoon <laughs> uh, hey i want to be angela one day <laughs> do you hear that mom sam wants to be <laughs> the amount of times i hear angela's voice in my head when i want to give up or something or when i like work stuff oh i I'm love like, it just listen to angela she yeah. knows she did I- it I love it when she hits you with the like, she's rolling her eyes at your self-doubt. That's my favorite shit. Yeah, thing. Right? like, no, listen, no, no. Just <laughs> so you're being an idiot because you're smarter she, than that. And I'm like, am I an idiot or am I yeah. smart? <laughs> and she's so confident. Like she knows, she knows. So you believe her. You're like, oh, yes. <laughs> yes, Mama Petrucci. <laughs> yes. All right. So I want to thank everybody for listening to me. And me. And me. If you have any burning questions or you want to send Gio some birthday dickies in the mail, uh, please email us at listen to me podcast at gmail.com or you can direct message us for a P.O. box address and uh, you can send that right over to him. <laughs>
And you can find us on social media at Listen To Me Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review, subscribe. And as always, music in this episode is graciously provided by audionautics.com. Bye. 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 Bye.